We're going to have northbound 465 stretching from West 56th Street all the way across the top side of town. It is going to be down to one lane until Monday morning. So that is going to be a big mess. Mimi Pierce on the air for more than three decades, guiding central Indiana drivers through construction zones, accidents, and what Mother Nature left on Hoosier roads and highways. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fastened seatbelt sign. Now Mimi is in the air. She's gone from the voice of central Indiana traffic to flight attendant, a personal rediscovery and a new career in her lifelong passion for flying. The story of longtime Central Indiana media personality Mimi Pierce and how perseverance has paid off. Join me for her story on this edition of the Business and Beyond podcast. This is the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. Mimi Pierce grew up on the family farm in Martinsville. She was the 1982 Morgan County Fair Queen and continues to stay involved by judging beauty pageants. Mimi graduated from Butler University and carved out a 30-year radio and TV career in central Indiana, delivering traffic reports. Then in 2020, out of the blue and without warning, it all ended. Mimi was let go as the traffic reporter at WTHR-TV and later at WFMS Radio in Indianapolis. She explored potential careers in design and real estate, but eventually wound up finding her footing flying the friendly skies. Mimi now works as a flight attendant for Republic Airways. And Mimi Pierce, it is a uh, real treat to have you join me on the podcast. How are you? Well, you know, I've been a fan of yours for years. So this is the first time, though, I think we've ever done an interview together. We passed in the halls in different studios, but right. now this exactly. is life. Exactly. Well, you know, everyone knows Mimi Pierce, TV personality, radio personality, but now flight attendant. I think a lot of people would say flight attendant. What? Uh, how's that? How's it going? Wow. You know, I think I surprised a lot of folks with this one and I even surprised myself. Probably if you told me 20 years ago I'd be a flight attendant, I would have laughed and said, what? And so um, I'm enjoying it. You know, and despite the travel chaos that's out there, you're hearing a lot about, I'm enjoying it. I love the people. I love learning about the different cultures, you know, people that are flying to different places. So I kind of overlook all that chaos. You know, yes, I've been involved in a few little, you know, delays here and there sitting on a tarmac. But for the most part, I'm, I'm having a ball. Uh, so what's your schedule like? Ask me day to day. It changes. I'm, I'm just coming in from, and this is probably the longest stretch that I've been on is I was on a five day. I was out for five days. And so, and some of those may only be what's called a two leg flight. So I might fly two legs, um, you know, a day, or I might have four legs to fly in a day. Um, so, and, and they give you an adequate, adequate rest time. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting rest and my husband's a little adjustment for him, you right, know, right. being home by himself. But um, yeah, so it, it's kind of a little sporadic right now, but I'm actually, let's see, I'm home for four days. So that's, that's nice. You know, the, the job um, uh, 
producer Teresa Ditt and I were talking about this before we started the podcast. The job of a flight attendant is very difficult. I think a lot of people look at it and, and say, okay, yeah, that'd be kind of fun, you know, mm-hmm. not all the stress. That's, I, I think you've got to have a very difficult job on a number of levels. And you went through a lot of training, I know, to become a, a flight attendant. Uh, what was your training like? It was intense. And I, I've told people this before. It was blood, sweat, and tears. And, and I mean that literally. It's it's pretty intense. Um, you know, you're learning to um, push out doors that are four or five hundred pounds, um, you know, flying down a slide for emergency to learn emergency procedures. So that was a little, little interesting for me. Um, you know, smashed my fingers a couple of times in, in, in the safety locks. So it was about four weeks and I stayed at a hotel out by the airport and um, it, it was pretty intense. So yeah. I, I, I really do feel like, you know, I'm working harder than I ever did before, but I don't know. It's just there's just something about it that I, I'm enjoying it. You know, you mentioned the chaos and we hear a lot of stories and I don't know if it's pandemic related or whatever the case might be, but people losing their tempers and all that. Do, do you see that much? Do you have to deal with some of those frustrations that travelers are feeling because of some of the delays and other things? You know, I, I, I think that there are those cases that they just get blown, you know, blown. I mean, because of course we can video everything. I would say the majority of my passengers have been warm, welcoming I fly a lot. I'm finding there's flight attendant A and B and seniority usually picks if they want to be flight attendant A or B. But lately I've flown a lot of flight attendant A, which is um, taking care of first class passengers. So um, you get folks from all walks, all walks yep. of life. Um, I would say the majority of people are very kind. Um, yep. You know, you have a few little, <laughs> little people that get a little frustrated. So uh, a little overheated. We had a plane that, uh, the air wasn't working quite right. And that turned into a little bit of, you know, but for the most yeah. part, you just try to make them feel yeah. as comfortable they can. Now, you were forced to reinvent yourself a few years ago, and that's how you ended up as a flight attendant. Yeah. And uh, so many people, you were such a fixture on television and, and radio for so many years, uh, yeah. 20 years, I think, at THR Channel 13, WTHR here and. In- Indianapolis uh, doing uh, the traffic and it become, again, a fixture, kind of the part of uh, so many families in central Indiana, you know, part of their daily routine. Uh, similarly, on WFMS after 30 years and, and you were let go at Channel 13. And this is right as the pandemic was beginning, right? Right. And and a lot of a lot of folks thought it was because of the pandemic, but actually it happened a couple of weeks before we really kicked into the pandemic. And I'll be honest with you, I was I was blindsided. I was heartbroken. Um, I was told by management that the company was going in a new direction and it didn't include me. So um, that that and I will say it, it was hard the past those two years that, you know, I was just trying to reinvent myself. You know, there were days that were you know, pretty, pretty down, but um, I have such a support group and the people, you know, I guess I just didn't realize how many followers that I had out there until this happened. And I mean, they were just reaching out left and right through email, you know, through. um, So there were a lot of days that helped me get through kind of those down times. Yeah. You know, and and other people, especially in this industry, uh, it, it certainly happens, but that doesn't take the the shock value away from that. So this was something that just totally came out of left field. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I was not expecting it at all. 
And I'll be honest with you, that morning that I got called up, I was actually still on the radio and st- still trying to do television. So that was a little challenging. And as many oh, people wow. know, my husband is on the radio side right. of it. And so um, that day was just, I, I was more in shock than anything. I, it didn't even hit me, you know, at that point. And so I remember driving up to the radio station, um, you know, leaving the building and um, driving to the radio station and just walking into the JDK show and said, here I am, guys. I, I don't know where I go from here. So, yeah. um, and then the, the pandemic hit, um, I was put on a 90-day furlough at WFMS. And so I'm all anticipating that it's going to be okay because, you know, I may have lost television, but I still have that, you know, I get to be in the media. I still get to do what I love doing. Um, so I went on a 90-day furlough. And then <clears throat> the Friday before I was scheduled to go back on Monday, I learned that um, due to COVID budget cuts, I was being let go from. Oh, boy. WFMS. Wow. <laughs> so. how, how did you, and, and you mentioned your husband, Jim, Jim Denny, uh, part of the uh, Jim, Deb and, uh, Deb and Kevin show, legendary award-winning show at WFMS. And Jim has been, again, like you, a fixture for so many years um, on the radio. How did you get through through that? I mean, that, well, that it had to be tough. It's one of, and it's one of those things that, um, you know, we were in a tough position because we were a husband and wife that worked for the same company. And that's never easy. Um, and so, you know, we kind of had to uh, try to divide it, you know, and try to separate, okay, the business end to it, the personal end of it. And, you know, he was devastated. I've been part of his show for, you know, 30 some years as well. And so, it, it, you know, there were some tears, I'm not going to lie. And then um, I actually sought out some counseling um, that really helped me during, you know, that time I reached out to folks in the business that had been through it. Because it is unusual that that show, as far as Jim, Deb, and Kevin and I, it is unusual in the media that that show has stayed together so long. You just, right. in this type of business, as you know, Gary, people move around a lot. And so I, you know, and it's all I knew, you know, so right. for all those times. So, um, but I would say my family, my husband, my son, Corbin, I mean, I don't, I, my mom, I don't know what I would have done without yeah. them. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you met Jim. Right at at mm-hmm. WFMS. Right, we met. Yeah, doing radio together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> you get through the 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 that difficult initial shock and 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 then begin thinking about hey, what am I? What's what's my next move? What's my next chapter? What was mm-hmm. that like? How, how did you how did you assess well, what you thought you might want to do? Well, <laughs> it, there were a few things I tried out. Well, I created my own website, MimiPierceDesigns.com, because people. I always said, you know, I have a knack for decorating food for travel. And I've shared that over the years just through Facebook, social media. So I launched a website and I had a ball doing it. But after a while, it was more hobby. And I I just, you know, it just wasn't there. And then a friend of mine owned Simple Goodness Soaps. And I thought, what about if I created my own soap line to go along with my website? And so she created my soap line, which um, still exists. So I was still selling my soap and lotion, lotion line. And then Jim suggesting, now what about real estate? You know, you know, so I went down that road. (laughs) It was not good. The test, um, I will say I missed it by two points on the real estate test. And then um, Greg Cooper, who, you know, very well, um, he and I used to fly together when he was in radio. Um, He reached out to me and he said, 
you know, we're looking for a home state or someone to stage homes. I'm like, okay, now this is right up my alley. I just was coming off of that real estate where it just wasn't, it wasn't for me, but the home staging part just sounded so appealing. So Greg had offered, um, you know, me to come on board with his real estate company. And um, the problem was, as you know, Gary, homes were selling so fast they didn't need home staged. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so, that, that, so there was just a little, little another bump in the roadway, but um, so that kind of, you know, waned a little bit. And then Jim said one day, he goes, you know, what about a flight attendant here locally? You know, we have a Republic Airways and he, and I said, what? <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I laughed at him. I was like, what? And then I stepped back from it maybe a month and my dad was a pilot. Um, I used to love flying with him. He just had his, his own private plane. And um, so he wasn't a commercial pilot. So, I, I mean, and I used to fly traffic twice a day, you know, for WFMS. I would do morning and afternoon rush hours in an airplane. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I love people. I love to fly. I love to travel. So maybe this is an option for me. And so we sat down and talked about it. And here I am. <laughs> yeah, and you and you do. It sounds like you genuinely like it. It's 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 a fit. It, it is. People still question me. Are you really? Do you really enjoy it? Especially like now when we're just hearing all these you know horror stories about travel. Right. And I can honestly, I can honestly say, and people, even Jim said, he said, I see you more at peace now. He said it's it's weird. He said there's just more of a even though it's kind of a chaotic schedule you just seem more at peace with yourself um, because as we know, it's uh, radio television, especially can be very high maintenance and, yep. you know, just the stress of that. And I, so I guess he sees me more at peace now, which is a good thing. Yeah. Did you learn anything about yourself going through that, that, that difficult time and then ultimately finding uh, this uh, role as a flight attendant? Did you learn anything uh, about yourself during the process? You know, I, I, I did. I didn't give myself enough credit about being a strong woman. Um, I, I kind of, I think because, um, and I'm not, because I love every person I worked with. I'm so close to some folks, you know, at the television station, very close to them. But I always think I let other people dominate and I didn't give myself enough credit that I did have a following. I did have a backing. Um, so I've learned that, you know what, I, I was probably a little more important than I thought I was. And, and yeah. um, so I didn't give myself the credit. And I've learned that, um, you know, I, I probably was a force that um, in the business that sometimes got shoved under. And so I learned that about myself to be yeah. more confident. Yeah. What any advice you would give to others? Because there are many, especially certainly coming out of the pandemic, many people mm going through similar things that, that you went through. Uh, you went through it, got through it uh, successfully. Any advice you would give to, to people who are facing you know, those kinds of challenges? Well, you know, for me, if you can find a support group, it, you know, just whether it's your family or just um, your minister or someone like that, just to turn to to help you kind of get through that part of it. But obviously, as we know, there, there are jobs out there. You just kind of have to sort through it took me a little longer than I wanted to. It took two years, but um, you just kind of have to sort through that and just check back in your background and say, okay, what, what did I really enjoy growing up? Or what, is there something that I never even imagined myself doing, you know? So kind of think back like that. And I think that helps. Hey, uh, you, you know, you mentioned you used to fly uh, doing traffic. 
the traffic business has changed uh, <laughs> a ton, yeah. right? Do they even do that? They don't even well, do that anymore. Well, here's like on, 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 the, on the side of radio, um, my husband's partners, Deb and Kevin, they now step up and they do the traffic reporting in the morning. Um, you know, because of all of the different ways that you can get traffic. Now, here's my take on it. I still think that people enjoy a personal side to it because not always is it going to tell you all the details of what's going on up ahead when you're sitting in traffic. So I, I still think that little personal side is missing. And now as I travel um, to other cities and I'm in hotels more, I still see a lot of other cities still 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 having traffic, you know, up in Chicago, really? I was just there last week and just kind of floating around and, and watching and critiquing. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I just still do that. But so I, and down in Florida, we're in Florida a lot. I noticed they're still doing it, but here locally, um, you know, uh, at channel 13, they're, they're using other people within that, that do the traffic for them now. Well, I think it's good to have that, that, that connection and, and also someone local, because I know some of the stations, I know they, at least they used to do these, you know, services where they would mispronounce streets and roads. And oh, drove me nuts. It drives me nuts. It kind of loses the credibility there very quickly. Yeah. In fact, I think I was watching someone local the other day. And I, I don't remember which it was. You know, it was maybe Shade Land. And, you know, yes. I'm like, no, yes. no, you know, just, just, you know, I still get a little mm, about that sometimes oh, when I hear funny. people pronounce it wrong. <laughs> That's good. Hey, much more with Mimi Pierce coming up. But when we return, growing up in Martinsville, Mimi Pierce, the fair queen, and much more when the Business and Beyond podcast returns. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week is longtime television and radio personality Mimi Pierce, uh, now a flight attendant and doing uh, exceptionally well in the friendly skies. Mimi, let's go back because you are a Hoosier, right? You're Hi. a native Hoosier, grew up in Martinsville. What was, what was growing up in Martinsville and Morgan County like? You know, I love the small town community and I've always tried to go back and support it. My parents um, had businesses there. So growing up, you know, they were real involved. My dad was always involved in many things. County fair supported, supported local 4-H. Um, I had the best of both worlds because we had my grandmother's farm that was left to my dad. So, and I always say my son Corbin, you know, he really did have the best of both worlds. He got city life in a small, you know, city where he'd get to go and, or karma where we, he grew up or he had the farm, you know, that we can mm -hmm. escape to. So I always, I still go back to that. And I, I look at things now and there are many times I, we actually sold the farm not that long ago. And those are the things you just really, I wish I could go back some days to yeah, the farm right. life and just run through the fields and pick my grandma's flowers and all yeah. that good stuff. So I, I have so many fond memories. I, I just, um, I, I did get the best of both worlds too. Did you consider yourself a farm girl? I mean, you, you grew up on the farm or, or how would you, uh, and what would you well, do activity wise, sports, extracurricular, we, what was your... 
Well, we lived in this, we lived in this, you know, just outside the city of Martinsville. Martinsville, So the farm, yeah. yeah, So the farm was out um, near Quincy, Indiana, still Eminence, that area. That's where Mm -hmm. my dad grew up. So we didn't live on the farm, but of course I had access to it. Um, In school, I was, you know, I, I was on the dance team involved in that. And I was a lifeguard. And to this day, in fact, this just happened to me the other day, getting on the airplane. A lady was on there and I walked by, I was doing the cart service and I walked by and she said, you taught my, you taught my daughter. It's you, you taught my daughter in swimming lessons. So I, I was, I grew up as a lifeguard, you know, taught swimming lessons. So someone on the plane recognized me as their child made me feel a little old, but uh, <laughs> reminded me that I, I did teach their daughter how to swim. So, yeah. yeah so And you had an it, impact in, in a lot of yeah. young lives, I'm sure. Yeah, 4-H, you know, because we had um, cattle on the farm, we had livestock on the farm. So I was involved in that, you know, got to be involved in the state fair. Um, Of course, you know, I had to go out for county fair queen and so that. Well, and you kind of, you're kind of sloughing that that off. You won. You were the uh, fair queen in Morgan County. What was it? Tell us what that was. was. You know, and, and this is what I love about this is, um, you know, how little girls look up to you and you really try to impact their lives. And um, to this day, I have some girls that are now grown up and say, oh, I just, you know, I always admired you, you know, and, and see how that impact. But I can also tell you that one of my dear friends, um, we were rooming together and put together a fair queen contest. She was Miss Boone County, um, Linda Everett. And to to this day, we are just amazing friends. She lives in Florida now, but we still still stay in touch, you know. So um, you just make those great connections through through that. And that's something you believe in too, because as I know, doing a little research, you 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 still participate, right? Or at least you did for I a do. while. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I, I judge pageants. Um, I go back and do some of the county fair queen pageants. I I do that. And um, still, sometimes at the state fair, I try to try to get involved. Uh, Sherry Daniels is a friend of mine, and she is, you know, so passionate about the state fair. In fact, she's like, "What? What can I get you to do to help?" You know, maybe she's yeah. on the commission of the board or whatever. And so she's always trying to reel me in to help her do something. Do you think, um, in a, for whatever reason, whether it's political correctness or whatever the case might be, but. But pageants and the, the the value that pageants have uh, from uh, from scholarship to the way uh, young women carry themselves, all those types of things. You think some of that has been lost over the years? The the, the importance and you know what they what those kinds of activities bring to the table from a value standpoint. Well, you know, I, I think we went through a phase. I, I think just with all everything that's out there these days, I think it's kind of come full circle because I would say maybe 10 years ago, it was all about, you know, bathing suits and how you looked and, you know, what activities, you know, were popular. And I, I will honestly say that um, I judged um, Queen Contests a couple of years ago. And, you know, it, it this girl wasn't knockout, you know, gorgeous like you would anticipate but by golly the personality and so I think we're kind of coming back to that which is in my in my opinion is is wonderful that we're kind of getting back to that yeah yeah it's neat okay so uh grew up in Martinsville and uh headed off to Butler University right um why, why Butler did you think about other other places or, or was or was it I, always wanted to be I a Butler 
I didn't because um, through high school, uh, my speech teacher had always told me, and it's weird, um, when I was a little girl, I like to watch the news instead of cartoons. <laughs> I don't know why. Jane Pauley, I just, uh, you know, I loved her while other kids were, you know, watching Fred Flintstone and I was watching Jane <laughs> Pauley. Um, so I, I always had this interest in news. And so uh, my speech teacher, um, this is true blood. Uh, she encouraged me that Butler had a great journalism, radio, television program. And so I was sold. I, I didn't even look anywhere else. We, we called it college tryouts. <laughs> and I went to Butler. And I remember Dean Near, uh, he had to interview me. And he just wasn't quite so sure that I had what it took to come to Butler. And so I will tell you this. A few years later, I, um, well, it's not been that long ago, I spoke at an event at Butler and he was sitting in the front row uh, and I almost wanted to go, nah, 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 <laughs> I guess I did. Okay. Right, <laughs> he was a right. little, he was a little nervous about letting me into Butler. Um, but I, I, like I said, I, I came out. Okay. You got there. You mentioned, I think you said, Mrs. Trueblood. Did you have teachers or, or mentors growing up that were especially important other than your, your family, anyone that was mm -hmm. important well, to you? Probably Jean Trueblood and she lives up in Chicago now. And then Mrs. Johnson, who was a big IU. Oh my gosh. She lived in Bloomington. And so I was on the journalism. I, I was the editor of, uh, of our school paper. And then um, Jean Trueblood, Back then, you competed in speech meets, and so there was a broadcasting category, and so she just really, really pushed me. Um, so, yeah, yeah, to this day, I probably credit both both of those women for being strong women um, that guided me in the right direction. So it sounds like then you you had your eye on you wanted to be uh, be in TV and or radio all along. So as you went to Butler and 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 studied there, that that was your goal to get into the the business. What uh, how did things transpire after graduation? Well, I'm one of the, the lucky ones, and this is just so unusual that this happened. That, um, And you probably, uh, Scott Hope was a dear friend of yeah. mine. He's yeah. been in the area, been in the business, and I know you probably talked to him before. You might have worked with him before. Um, and so he and I were just great buddies at Butler. And so he said, at that time, he was working part-time at WFMS Radio, and he said, you know, they're, they're hiring a part-time traffic reporter. And I said, oh, Scott, I don't, I don't know. And he said, yeah. just, just try it. Just try it. And there were 25 other applicants up where he helped me put together a resume tape. And I graduated on a Sunday and I started work at WFMS on a Monday. So that is amazing. And then, That's, then yeah. they offered me full time. And um, so I went full-time. It only took me, I think, about a year to get into full-time. And so um, my dad had to subsidize me a little bit <laughs> until right, I got right, right. yeah. full-time. But um, so, yeah, so that's kind of unusual too. That And that's why it was so hard to try to, that's all I knew was, you right. know, um, radio and television for all those years. So that's why it took a little bit to try to figure out how to reinvent myself. Well, so. and, and the true, right, that reinvention, which you just did recently, you did it back then. And, you know, you're talking about news and traditional broadcasting. I mean, traffic, you had, you were kind of on your own. I mean, there weren't a ton of traffic reporters out there. So you had to kind of create your own style, your own, um, you know, everything about that. Was Is that right. an overstatement? No, uh, but I will tell you this, and many, God, rest his soul, God rest his soul, John Gillis, 
um, was big, you know, yeah, he was, sure. and, and, um, he wasn't always real nice to me because I was kind of edging as a woman back then, I mean, into kind of his territory. But the weird part is um, there was a traffic service that came into town and picked up different provided producers for us when we were in the air, you know, providing us traffic information. Well, at one point, Big John Gillis and I had to fly in the same airplane together. And so, um, but in his contract, he got to sit in the front seat and I had to sit <laughs> in the back seat. But, really? over those, but over those years, I, I think I gained his respect and he was always so kind, you know, um, towards the end of his life, how, you know, he was he was very respectful of the career that that I had developed. So, yeah. Yeah. Any any I'll put you on the spot here. Any fun, over those many years of doing traffic, any. Uh, any funny stories, any 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 uh, uh, remembrances of some some uh, kind of goofy times on, on the air? Um, you know, I, I will say one time, and this is just, this was, you know, one of those perks that you get to um, do. It was a hot air balloon that were in town. And so I went up in a hot air balloon and um, we were out of a green field and we landed in this cornfield. And I was like, oh my gosh, we, we messed up this poor guy's corn. Well, it wasn't a poor guy. It was a 90-year-old woman that lived in this house. And she comes out running. And she said, yeah, if I'd known you were coming, I would have baked you a cake. You know, she was so cute. I just, to this day, I, I mean, she was 90 years old. And she still lived on this farm. I'm not sure who farmed her land. But, you know, we've taken out some of her, her crop there in the summer. So, but she, I just, to this day, I just remember her, this little old woman, and they said she was nine years old, and she said, I would have baked you a cake if I knew you were coming. <laughs> so, cute. Yeah, so I did have, um, we had a couple of emergencies, you know, when we were in the airport. Yeah. At, at one point, um, there was a, a, some, a storm that was moving in, and we flew out of Metropolitan Airport, which is on the city's northeast side on Allisonville Road, and at one point, the storm was moving in, so we we're going to have to go out to, at that time, Mount Comfort. And my pilot tried to land twice. And I mean, that wind was just picking us back up. And that by that time, he was thinking we were going to, we were, didn't have enough fuel. And so um, we did. It, it took me a few days to get back up in the air after that one. And then another time we had some engine problem and my pilot thought we were going to have to land uh, in the infield at the state fairgrounds. And wow. so he prepared, prepared me for that, but all turned out well in, in both of those cases. So. Yeah. I That's guess that good. kind of prepared me for now, you know, I guess when I look back on that for safety reasons, you know, because that is our top priority as a flight attendant is, is safety. So I guess maybe that, that helped prepare me for this. Well, well, do you think your, your career in broadcasting helped prepare you for this um, uh, career as a flight attendant, communication capabilities and abilities and all that kind of thing? Yeah, and in fact, I, I flew with a flight attendant from Chicago because you don't always fly with Indy crews. Sometimes you fly with uh, flight crews from other bases, and so I I flew, and she said, she said, how do you how do you know how to deal with people so so well, you know? And I said, well, I have a background in journalism. She goes, but you're you know you're you're so good. I stood back and watched you with people, and I said probably because of my background and where, where I came from as far as that goes. So yeah, it probably didn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's next? Uh, starting out in this uh, flight attendant career, your husband, Jim yeah. Denny continues on his uh, radio journey yeah. as well. What, uh, what, what's uh, kind of next for Mimi Pierce? 
you know, I, I'm just going to enjoy this right now. Um, my son Corbin is here um, locally. He's an assistant golf pro. And so he's, um, he's still here, which is that um, I have my bonus daughter and a grandson. They're out in Colorado. So I now the free flights help get us out there. <laughs> yeah, that's a, little, a nice trick in that. Nice so, yeah. so that helps us, you know, get to Denver a little more to to see them. So yeah. Um, so right now I'm gonna just enjoy this. Um my husband has the house clean when I get home. So that's he has nothing else to do. <laughs> he makes sure the house is clean. That's perfect. And you deserve it. You deserve it, Mimi Pierce. Thank you so much. Thank for joining you. me on the Business and Beyond podcast. You uh, are, are a great talent and really one of the nicest people in the business that uh, uh, we you. both have been in for so long. So thanks and good thank luck you. to you going forward. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right. And thank you for joining us on this episode of the Business and Beyond podcast. It's a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can download this episode and all episodes of the podcast and get Indiana Business News 24-7, all you have to do is go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.